If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Better with Dr. Erica, hosted by Dr. Erica, provides support and guidance in navigating stress-related challenges to transform your relationship to self-care. Each episode arms you with the tools needed to be better, do better, and live better. There was an incredible episode that you should check out called Touch and Connections as Tools for Healing and Better Mental Health. In this episode, her guest breaks down ways to use physical touch as a form of healing for trauma and grief. Check out Better with Dr. Erica on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. Hey there, leading ladies. Welcome to the Women Physicians Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lisa Herbert, a two-time best-selling author, speaker, family physician, and executive leadership coach with over 20 years experience of providing primary care and serving as a healthcare leader. If you are a woman physician ready to make a change in your career and have a seat at the leadership table, then you are in the right place. I'm excited to provide you with the crucial skills you need to be a successful leader and strategies to deal with workplace challenges. So put on your headphones and listen as we explore the new world of building women physician leaders. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Women Physicians Lead Podcast. So I am here today speaking with another um, wonderful guest that I have, a board member of the NMF. Dr. Valerie Montgomery Rice, who is the sixth president of Morehouse School of Medicine. So we are celebrating NMF's 75th anniversary here in Miami, Florida, and the event is titled Reimagining Healthcare, Celebrating Equity, Change Agents. So I'm going to read Dr. Montgomery Rice's bio, and then we're going to get into some questions. So Dr. Valerie Montgomery Rice, MD, is the sixth president of Morehouse School of Medicine and the first woman to lead the freestanding medical institution. Montgomery Rice serves as both the president and the CEO. A renowned infertility specialist and researcher, she most recently served as dean and executive vice president of Morehouse School of Medicine, where she has served since 2011. Prior to joining Morehouse School of Medicine, Montgomery Rice held faculty positions and leadership roles at various health centers, including academic health centers. Most notably, she was the founding director of the Center for Women's Health Research at Meharry Medical College, one of the nation's first research centers devoted to studying diseases that disproportionately impact women of color. Dedicated to the creation and advancement of health equity, Montgomery Rice leads her vast experience and talents to programs that enhance pipeline opportunities for academically diverse learners, diversifies the physician and scientific workforce, and forces equity in healthcare access and health outcomes. To this end, she holds memberships in various organizations and participates on a number of boards, such as the NMF. Montgomery Rice has received numerous accolades and honors. She is a Georgia native. She holds a bachelor's degree in chemistry from the Georgia Institute of Technology, a medical degree from Harvard Medical School, an honorary degree from the University of Massachusetts Medical School, and a Doctor of Humane Letters honorary degree from Rust University. All reflects her lifetime commitment in education, service, and the advancement of health equity. 
She completed her residency in obstetrics and gynecology at Emory University School of Medicine and her fellowship in reproductive endocrinology and infertility at Hudson Hospital. Montgomery Rice is married to her fellow Georgia Institute of Technology alumnus, Melvin Rice Jr., and they have two children, Jane and Melvin III. So welcome, Dr. Montgomery Rice, to the Women Physicians Lead podcast. So excited to have you here and uh, look forward to answering and, and asking some, some great questions. Thank you. I'm looking forward to talking with you. Yes. So the first question I have is, Looking at your career and your leadership journey, which is amazing, by the way, being president of, you know, Morehouse School of Medicine and the first woman in that position, who or what may have been instrumental in that decision? So, you know, I think next to the impact of one of the greatest Black women that I know, my mother, uh, I had lots of mentors along the way who helped me to understand that I needed to align my interests with my passion and therefore it would give me a purpose. So I knew early on that I love math and science and I can think about my elementary and my middle school. Well, we didn't really have middle school. Then we had eighth and ninth grade, whatever that was. And high school um, who kept pushing me, well, do something in math and science. So I went to Georgia Tech and started chemical engineering, but got to the end of it and recognized I didn't like engineering only because it didn't really connect me with people enough. And so looking in encyclopedia, I looked up math, uh, science, and people. uh, And one of the things that came out was medicine. And so I decided to go to medical school. And so my leadership journey has really been about trying to follow my passion. Uh, and give it some purpose. And right now, my leadership journey really is commitment to my students and my faculty and the community. Uh, I want to make sure that I continue to be an instrument for them so that they can uh, be successful in their endeavors and then an instrument for Morehouse School of Medicine as we lead the creation and advancement of health equity. Absolutely. So I can certainly see then how that ties into your um, your passion for wanting to help NMF, you know, who uh, also has a mission for helping students, right, and increasing the healthcare workforce. So what does your day as president and CEO of Warhouse School of Medicine look like? What does that look like? Who do you serve and what challenges do you face? So is that a pre-COVID or post-COVID discussion? Okay, so all I can tell you is that the world has opened back up and they expect all of us to be a part of it. Um, So I'm sort of back in my pre-COVID schedule now where I am traveling a lot. um, And I am when I'm in the office, I'm trying to meet with uh, have strategic conversations that empower others to execute on our vision. And when I think about what I'm doing overall, though, I'm trying to design a blueprint for others to follow who are committed to serving the others underserved. The opportunity to come back to Morehouse School of Medicine uh, as the dean and executive vice president, that really brought me back to Georgia. I'm from Georgia. I'm from Macon, Georgia. I went to uh, elementary school in Georgia. I went to public school system. I graduated from Southwest High School. Then I went to Georgia Tech. And I happen to be a resident 
uh, at Emory and OBGYN, when Morehouse School of Medicine was separating from uh, Emory and their third year students were having their independent clerkship. So that's why I say I sort of came back to it because we were very, I think, committed to those uh, residents and excuse me, those medical students' success. And so when I think about what I do every day, it is really about empowering others. And it may be meetings in the morning. It may be popping into a classroom. It may be having a donor meeting. It may be going down to have a meeting with the with the governor or a state legislature to talk about one of the legislators to talk about, you know, hey, we are committed to recruiting students from your county because we know that's the highest chance of someone coming back and practicing in an underserved community. So how do we partner to do that? Uh, so it is uh, always full of something unexpected also. It is always filled with something that also brings you some joy in the day. So I get up every day excited to go to work uh, and have been very fortunate to land in a place and space where I really love what I do every day. That's wonderful. And definitely, I can see how um, you're really passionate about, again, helping students and empowering others. But I can also, I also know, and I can tell that as a student, you know, as a student of color, you know, going to a school like Morehouse School of Medicine and seeing you at the helm um, has to be very inspiring and also um, empowering, you know, um, as we look to want to increase the number of, you know, diverse healthcare professionals um, that we recruit. So tell us about your role with NMF and what inspired you to get involved with that organization. So uh, as we were talking before we started the podcast, I uh, am a recipient of an NMF resources when I was a third year medical student at Harvard Medical School. And I got a Commonwealth uh, Fellowship, which allowed me to spend most of my fourth year doing basic science research. And without that, I don't know that my uh, mentor, uh, who is my mentor for life, Dr. Ann Kiesling, uh, would have really accepted me because I first went to her laboratory uh, and didn't have any funding, but knew I wanted to be an infertility specialist. And she was the head embryologist at the Brigham. And so I was advised that maybe I needed to get some research under my belt before I um, finished my fellowship, finish uh, my residency and my fellowship, because, you know, you, you need to be more competitive for fellowship. Right. So I go to her office and I say, my name is Valerie Montgomery and I'm a Harvard medical student, as if she didn't know that. Right. <laughs> and I said, and I would like to do some research because I need to strengthen my application but when I finished my get ready to apply for my fellowship at the residency, she sort of looked at me like, OK, you're a little bit ahead of things. OK, we like, she liked that. And then she said, well, how much time do you have? And I said, I have about two weeks. And she started laughing. She said, come back when you're serious. We played that cat and mouse game for about three different times. And then the last time I came, I had applied for this Commonwealth Fellowship. And I said, not only do I have uh, time, I have $5,000. And I ended up not doing any electives or anything in my fourth year and spending eight months in her laboratory. And wow. it was probably one of the best things that ever happened to me because it really was the springboard for my academic career. So 
NMF does just that. It gives you the opportunity to open doors that potentially could be closed to you. It gives you the opportunity to meet people who would be your mentors for life. It gives you the opportunity to explore. And that's why I stay committed to NMF because they have consistently been there for diverse students, creating opportunities for them to have greater access and opportunity. Hey, leading ladies, stay right there and we will be back with my amazing guests. This conversation is so good that you don't want to miss it. So stay tuned. I am ecstatic to have been involved with an organization that stands behind their vision of reimagining healthcare. NMF's constant effort in raising awareness for this community is so notable. I joined them at the Gratitude Gala this past November 5th, 2022, where there were key stakeholders, members, and supporters driving their mission forward. We hope that you will continue to help us in this mission of reimagining healthcare, and you can do so by going to nmfonline.org forward slash reimagine. That's nmfonline.org forward slash reimagine. Are you ready to deliver your message directly to the ears of your audience? Well, Coffee and C-Suite Conversations are many episodes that give you a chance to do just that. We work with you to create a captivating conversation about your company and expertise and engage you with listeners who are aligned with your mission. As part of this campaign, you get a dedicated mini podcast inserted into several of our episodes. You also get a social media campaign, and a file to insert on your own website. So what are you waiting for? Ready to give a voice to your brand? For more information, go to justtherightbalance.com forward slash coffee convo. That's justtherightbalance.com forward slash coffee, C-O-F-F-E-E, convo, C-O-N-V-O. We look forward to working with you. Hey there, leading ladies. It's Dr. Lisa. Thanks for hanging in with me. Now back to our amazing interview. So as we look at, you know, NMF's mission, which we all know is to increase the number of BIPOC physicians um, in, in the healthcare workforce, how will having more diverse physicians impact healthcare and reduce disparities? Um, And why is diversity in healthcare and leadership important? I think that all of us who are in the field of educating and training the next generation and who also have had the opportunity to practice clinical clinical medicine in multiple settings, we know that cultural competence, and I don't mean to speak of that in general terms, but having an understanding of that patient who is sitting across from you matters when you are engaging with that patient. The likeness, whether it's race, ethnicity, gender, sexual orientation, zip code, et cetera, all of those connection points give you the opportunity for that patient to gain trust and also to gain 
a, a lover of understanding of where this recommendation that you are making to them may lead. And so that's probably been one of the most important reasons why we need to diversify the healthcare workforce, particularly when we're talking about underserved communities, because most of those underserved communities, unfortunately, are black and brown people and people who are in rural settings. So what we try to do at Morehouse School of Medicine, we don't just try to recruit ethnically diverse students. We try to recruit geographically diverse students because we know also, if we look at our rural students, whether they are white or black, they have an equal higher chance of going back and practicing in those communities that they came from. So it's so important that we not forget the importance of connections. And at the end of the day, our North Star is about increasing uh, diversity, but also improving health outcomes for the patients that we are privileged to be able to care for. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Dr. Montgomery Rice, I'm actually um, a New York native, but I just mm -hmm. recently moved to Georgia about three years ago. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, became aware of a lot of um, what I didn't know about lack of access, you know, that there are several areas in Georgia where there are actually medical deserts, where there are no OBGYNs or there are no primary care providers or limited um, which really obviously impacts access to healthcare and then also to um, also, you know, impacts health outcomes as well. So I love what Morehouse School of Medicine is doing in terms of supporting, you know, students who can, you know, hopefully one day return to those areas. But if I'm, you know, someone who may be on the outside, you know, in another institution or another organization, or even from a different industry. What tips would you give to, to people who may want to get involved in pushing this agenda forward of really addressing the shortage of physicians and healthcare workers and helping to increase the diversity? You know, first of all, I would say understand that data matters. And so one of the things that we do at Morehouse School of Medicine is that we have looked at all the counties in our state that are underserved. We then look at those counties and ask, has there ever been a child or a student who graduated from high school to go on to medical school? And we have uh, probably about 20% of our counties have never produced from a high school graduate, someone who's gone on to medical school. So when we talk about allocating resources of recruitment and pipeline programs, we tend to uh, actually focus on those areas because the highest chance of getting, getting someone to practice, go back and practice in the community, they got to be from that community or they have to be exposed to the community. So first of all, use data to inform how you're going to allocate your resources, whether it's dollars or time. Collaborate and partner. We try to collaborate in multiple ways with NMF to magnify its impact, whether it's looking at diversity of our researchers and clinical trials, whether it's looking at scholarships for students, whether it's looking at research opportunities for students, or whether it's looking at opportunities to, for leadership development for our residents who are in training. We also, though, have to acknowledge what the barriers are. 
COVID-19 showed us in real time what systemic racism and discrimination looks like and that it exists. And so we are also partnering with NMF to say, how do we have significant and thoughtful conversations that allow all to bring their thoughts to the table without judgment? And then what do we need to do to make sure we have wraparound services for all of our students, but particularly for our minority students when they're in these environments that sometimes can be toxic? A lot of times you don't see it as much in the medical school, but when it comes to residency. So really pushing NMF to think about what they extend to the residency training opportunities. And then finally, what I would say is that, you know, I keep a quote close to my heart. And my quote today is, the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. Hmm. The best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. And that's what we try to do is to be servant leaders. Yes. Thinking about asking the question, how can we help? And then we listen to learn. Listening first to learn. Yes. Oh, gosh. I love that, Dr. I love all of it. Um, But the first, you know, the first thing that you said, all of it resonated with me. But the first thing that you said about looking at the data and looking in those counties to see if they've ever had students that produce physicians. I mean, that's right. That's, that's, you know, we think it's simple um, and then reach back in those areas because if right. we don't continue to increase the pipeline of diverse health care providers or diverse health care, um, you know, students that are coming through, we are going to continue having this um, physician shortage and continuing to have these desert areas where, you know, there, there are no providers. Um, so, so that really resonated with me, reaching back and then collaborating. Time, Lisa. Yeah, most of the time, excuse me for interrupting, but Lisa, most of the time it's about exposure. Yes, it is yes. About, I remember when I was in high school in Macon, Georgia. I, was at, I graduated from the largest high school in the nation in 1979. My graduating class was 1,049. And I remember when I was in the 10th grade, and this group came through called Up With People. I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but it was a musical group, and and they, but they talked about going to college. Now I knew I was going to probably go to college, but they talked about all the things that could happen when you go to college, and they gave me a perspective that I had never really thought about, about how I would be able to be so well rounded, mm-hmm. and so exposure makes a difference. And so a lot of times, why? Students are not thinking that they can be a doctor because they've only seen one on television or they've only seen one in a clinical setting that where they were receiving some type of emergent care, but not some type of preventive continuity wellness care. And so we can change that and we can show students that STEM, or whether you want to add the A to it, or STEAM, all can lead you to a path of service. And one of the best ways to be a servant is to be a healthcare provider. Absolutely. I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So Dr. Montgomery Rice, this has been an amazing, amazing um, interview. And um, I'd like to, you know, if you can just leave our listeners with, you left us with a, with a lot, <laughs> but if you could just mm-hmm. um, leave us with, you know, 
three inspiring, you know, words around the um, the importance of the work that NMF is doing, as well as what Morehouse School of Medicine is doing um, in terms of uh, impacting healthcare and reducing um, healthcare disparities. What are three things in addition to what you shared to us uh, do you think would be important for people to start thinking about in the, in the future? For me, I, I, I've been thinking about what I call the three C's. The first is commitment, being committed to the mission and vision. The one thing that we know at Morehouse School of Medicine is that everybody can cite our vision, leading the creation and advancement of health equity. But what gets people up every morning is our mission, diversifying a healthcare workforce, trying to eliminate health disparities, increasing access. And then you have to have compassion. You have to be able to look at that person across from you, whether they are a patient, whether they're a community member, whether they're somebody who's coming in for some other reason, and ask a simple question based on who's sitting in front of me, what's possible. If you do that with every interaction that you have with someone, I guarantee you it forces you to put them first and you second. And you start to probe a little bit more because you really are trying to figure out what's possible for that individual. And then thirdly, you just have to care. And if you begin and end thinking about care, care as a servant, care in service, and care because you have compassion and commitment, you would be amazed at how well received and the benefits that you will receive as a servant leader. Absolutely. So I'm going to just repeat those three C's because I think they're powerful. The first one is commitment, and that's just a commitment to the mission. Um, The second is compassion, which um, sometimes I think is forgotten. You know, when we when we are dealing with um, patients and their families, it's just to first understand, to listen, mm-hmm. and like you mentioned, to serve to serve them first, right? And then, yes. and then second, and then the last C was just to care, yes. right? Yeah, like just yeah. to care, to care about just what care. happens to people. Just care, just care, care. about whatever. Just think about. It. I mean, I think all of us had to really sort of redefine what care meant to us mm-hmm. during the pandemic. And we understood that some people could not receive the care that was due to them. Some people extended, overextended care that it ended up not being, that they ended up not being cared for. So I really thought about what does it mean to care? And it means to be compassionate. It means to be committed. And you definitely have to open up your heart to understand what's possible for that individual. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you, Dr. Montgomery Rice, for sharing your words of inspiration, for sharing your story, for um, encouraging us and inspiring us to, to do our best, to be committed, to have compassion and to care. Um, I look forward to... Uh, meeting you, I look forward to all the looking forward to all the work that Morehouse School of Medicine is. Um, I'm sure doing now and going to do in the future. Um, and I 
would invite you anytime to come back on our podcast. And I look forward to uh, to speaking with you soon. Right. And Dr. Herbert, thank you for the work that you're doing. Your voice is powerful. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's time for physicians to rise up, step out, stand out, and take back our place in healthcare to be the respected voice and leader in our communities. My mission is to help physicians transition into leadership roles by equipping them with the personal and professional development skills that they need to be successful and also to help them care for themselves physically, mentally, and spiritually. If you have experience practicing in your given specialty, if you have a gift for innovation and building teams, if you have the ability to bring about change in others, if you have solved problems in your practice setting or community, then there are organizations that need you to claim your rightful seat at the table and lead. If you are ready to be a leader in healthcare and change the status quo, then I invite you to book a complimentary strategy discovery session with me at schedulewithdrlisa.com. That's schedulewithdrlisa.com. Thank you for listening today and for allowing me to be a part of your career journey. To continue receiving leadership support, I invite you to join our private Facebook group, Building Women Physician Leaders at www.leadingladiesincharge.com. Until next time, take care. If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Better with Dr. Erica, hosted by Dr. Erica, provides support and guidance in navigating stress-related challenges to transform your relationship to self-care. Each episode arms you with the tools needed to be better, do better, and live better. There was an incredible episode that you should check out called Touch and Connections as Tools for Healing and Better Mental Health. In this episode, her guest breaks down ways to use physical touch as a form of healing for trauma and grief. Check out Better with Dr. Erica on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.